Hi, and welcome to this Wound Care Voices podcast, facilitated by Mernlicka. My name is Fran Spratt, and I'm a lead tissue viability nurse in an acute trust in Hampshire. And hi, my name is Karen Carr, and I'm a lead tissue viability nurse specialist in the community in Hampshire. We've called this podcast The One About Dressings. Hope you enjoy it. The views, information and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely ours and do not represent those of our employers. Dressings, Fran. Dressings. Dressings. Do dressings heal wounds? Do we need dressings? Are dressings relevant? Absolutely. And what is it that everybody asks you? What dressing do I put on this? Absolutely. I've got a pressure ulcer. What do I put on it? Yeah, I've got a leg ulcer. What do I put on it? Absolutely. I've got a wet wound. What do I put on it? To me, it's when we, we've got a patient who has a wound, it's about the patient. And it's their quality of life and how they're going to manage looking after themselves, being at home or have other people looking after them. It's to me, when I see a patient, the last thing I look at is the wound. I want to see the wound, but it's the last thing I look at. So my primary role is I want to know about the patient, how they're managing, how they're coping. So by being in the community, I'm saying, okay, are they in pain? If they're in pain, are they sleeping? If they're not sleeping, are they eating? Are they able to get around? Can they get to the toilet? Those to me are really important because you address the pain the wound will obviously sometimes follow and sometimes it's related because as we know infection can cause pain absolutely so I'd, i absolutely be looking at that but where is that pain coming from so to me the assessment process is fundamentally important and there are so many different types of assessment processes out there and what you use to be honest does it matter we just want a patient to be looked at by a professional and say What do I need to achieve? What's the patient's objectives? What's the patient want? And then it will follow. And we don't have enough engagement with patients to say, what would you like to achieve in this? What do you want to do? Which to me is very much a therapy way of thinking, but it's something that nurses need to get into thinking as well. And also sometimes the aim is not healing. We don't heal all wounds. And the patient's objective may be totally different to our objective. So if you've got a patient that's palliative, then often what they want is no odor or the wound to be covered so that they can go out and that nobody knows it's there or it's, it's the least inconvenience to them when they're out and about to improve their quality of life. So we're not always aiming for healing. And I think sometimes we do get a bit hung up on the fact, well, how can we heal this? Well, in some cases, you're just not going to heal it. But if our aim is to heal, you're not going to heal. For example, in the acute care, what we would look at is how clinically well they are at the moment. If they're anemic or if their albumin's low or they're dehydrated or they're malnourished, then the likelihood is we're going to be maintaining that wound to try and stop it becoming infected. But the actual process of healing isn't going to start up because they are clinically still very unwell. And I think we, we need to know and to acknowledge that, it, that there's lots of factors that affect healing and that what we put on the wound is a little part of that, as you yeah. said. It's a very small aspect of the assessment, isn't it, really? It is. I mean, and yes, we do need dressings. There's no denying we need something. We need a warm, moist environment. That's kind of gold standard is what we are aware of. 
but there are other priorities that go alongside it and you need to be looking overarching of what's going on. I agree totally. Sometimes it is just about management. Sometimes it is the case of simple is the best and certainly with our palliative group, I want them to be able to live as much of their life as they can with what little time they've got. The dressing should not be the primary importance, should not be the focus. Mm. And I find it very frustrating for patients and carers in the community setting where we're taking an hour, two hours a day to actually do a wound dressing. And therefore, what is the patient doing? And we exhaust them. So to actually simplify things is the, is the, the best. And you need to be looking at other priorities um, and moving forward on that to, uh, to enable the patient just to get on with life. And say sometimes, yes, it is healing. I mean, surgical wounds, I mean, to me, a surgical wound, you've had an operation, the idea is you sorted the problem out, you shouldn't have a surgical wound. No, you shouldn't have a dehiscence afterwards. No. But no. unfortunately, that's a a big factor in in our workload as in a, in a TVN in a, in the community in the acute setting we get a lot of patients with dehis surgical wounds do you think it's on the increase i don't know because i i think i think it, there's always been that problem i wonder if because we are um, operating on older people um, we have more operations occurring on sicker patients mm. that we are seeing more dehiscences early on so i think potentially the in my experience they may have happened but they may have happened once the patient got home yes a little bit later on in their journey whereas i see a lot of patients now having um wounds breaking down or or not um you know dehissing quite early on in their journeys two three days after surgery sometimes we are we're seeing wounds opening and that's not always a uh, a good sign um, and sometimes that is something that we just see it's starting and then we have to get the patient home so mm. sometimes the priorities are a bit different when the patients are in hospital and I think getting patients out of hospital mm. is the biggest step for us we want to get them home but we want to get them home safely yeah and i mean i certainly feel that tmp actually has a total topical native pressure has a total reason and base for these open wounds but certainly i'm seeing much bigger ones i ever used to see i mean one thing that's become very conscious it conscious well being aware of is diabetes and obesity oh boy i mean these dehist abdominal wounds cesareans can be huge they can be and mm -hmm. it's becoming quite a challenge and how long it takes i mean i recall a patient that actually was sent home with a massive it looked like a Z. it looked like harry potter's scar in his chest it was but it was massive in the sense of for the community it was 10 15 centimeters deep and because he was a large gentleman they said he's not fit for surgery we wanted to come home and it was taking two hours a day on the demands of the community nurses to manage this patient and it took seven months for this to heal which is a huge amount of time it is um but at the same time he did recover he was okay he lost seven stone in weight amazing what he worked with us because that was it it's working alongside a patient you've got to have the patient on board absolutely and i think you know once once the, the the priority is different. So for us, it's trying to get somebody home safely as soon as possible. But we are sending patients out of hospitals 
with much larger wounds than we would have done 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, that sort of patient we would have kept in hospital until we had some sort of healing and some sort of pattern um, and a good dressing regime initiated. Whereas now it's uh, a cry for the beds, uh, a cry to get the patient home and for their own quality of life because they want to be at home because mm. that's normality and it makes them feel that they're, they're stepping forward. It also gives them better nutrition and better sleep quite often because they can eat when they want to, they can sleep. Um, so that is, that is our aim, but we have to do it properly and we have to do it in, in, a, in, a, in a very planned way with a good discharge plan and trying to make sure that we understand what community um, resources are available to us. Yeah, and I, I think one of the challenges that I am often asked is um, the acute have sent home a care plan of treatment. We've got to follow this. And there are times where we were actually turning around saying, in actual fact, what you have available has changed. And that, I think, kind of rolls very nicely onto what's happened with the national formulary, is a lot of community aren't aware of the impact that's having in the acute situations now where you're discharging patients from certain products and we used to have, well, we still do, we still do, don't we? We have a wound for me that covers acute and community, which we feel so lucky and we've had it for a long, long time. I hate using the word, but it is robust and it works well, but now these changes are having an impact. Um, are you finding that's having results and an impact for yourselves? I think it's having an impact in the in the case that the the standardisation was always good for both the patient and for the staff. So if we sent a patient out of hospital with a particular style of dressing or a type of dressing, then they would get that same dressing in the community. So they knew where they stood, they knew what was going on, um, and that's the beauty of having a joint formulary across acute and and community care because you've got that standardisation. We aren't able to do that in all aspects in the hospital now because we are looking um, to overall standardise products across the acute trusts or the trusts that use the NHS supply chain to um, purchase their, their stocks from. And that has made uh, an issue for us. So some patients, we're using different products now than we were in the community, and some patients are getting very confused and saying, well, I'm using this in the community, why can't I have this dressing? Yes, yes. And and that that's difficult. It's also difficult for the staff. So in the hospital, the dressings that come in aren't the same dressings that they have in their cupboard. Which so gets confusing, gets doesn't confusing. it? It's and, confusing. And then you've got to do lots more education about the old style dressing and the new. And a, a lot of the dressings have come in very quickly. So the the changeover has been discussed yes. um, and then it's been implemented within a month or so and you can't get a hold of the old dressings. So the education that's needed for that has been huge and yeah. the communication about the changes has been has been a huge um, burden I think to a lot of tissue viability teams mm. and I think it, it's it's difficult because at the same time you're getting some of this information but we've got I cover community hospitals and that information actually hasn't been cascaded down so we find out per chance because they can no longer obtain a certain product and therefore what I'm also finding they're trying something else which is not suitable and we're having dressing changes that before a product would have been used for 
once a day in a, a community hospital and they're now changing it three times a day because the product has been inferior, which, what a waste. But it's very difficult because this is where the politics come, which is kind of controversial, is yes, huge savings. So you could have a product that was £1.50. It's now being given as 39 pence, but we're using three times the amount, but it's still cheaper. And it's a cost rather than actually going, what about the patient? What about the staffing? Because certainly when they come home to the community, if this starts having an impact on the community, uh, I don't even know where to start with that. It's just going to be... I just just want to take a big sigh and think, where can we manage? And the community staff are not aware of this. What might be happening in the next year? I, th I think it's 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 a good principle. I think there is a good principle behind yes, the whole strategy. Makes it makes sense. Um, using the NHS as a whole and the vastness of it as a buying power to drive down price is a very good philosophy and a good way and a good way to look at things. I think it's very difficult when you are on the ground running and you're trying to keep up with the changes and you're trying to manage a patient that is going to lots of different areas who are ending up using lots of different products and that just gets confusing for everybody and I think that's the biggest downfall that I can see is that is that we've got no standardization for the patient and for their journey. So you you can't always make a really good assessment about how the dressing is going to manage that wound. Mm. If you've got a very wet wound, how do you manage that wound? How do you get it to a standard that you can get them home? Yeah. And that's what we also have to, to think about is, is it being realistic that they're going to be managed at home because the community teams are so under pressure the hospitals are so under pressure for their beds, but we have to discharge patients sometimes because that's the right thing to do. But for example, I've got a, a gentleman in hospital at the moment with um, a very large abdominal wound with an ascites. So it's very, very wet and it's pouring out probably in the region of about a liter and a half of fluid a day. Sometimes we did use, um, uh, we manage a bag, but the patient really disliked that and would like it dressed. Yes. I think that's a, a patient preference. So we've been trialing different dressings. He's ready to go home apart from the wound, mm. but he's needing three to four dressing changes at least in a 20 hour period. So yeah. in 24 hours, there's no way the community could manage that. No. So what do you do? No. And and that's I mean, yeah, we would struggle in the community. I mean, of course. Once a day is about, we used to be able to do it twice a day. Now once a day is all we can manage. It really isn't even that. We need products that can sustain for much longer. I would love a product that we could leave on for nine, 10 days. Everything's licensed for seven. I'd love something that went long-term, but we have what we have. And if we have somebody who needs three times a day dressing chain, it's just not possible. No. And it, one of the things that, you know, we've often explored before is that patient gets discharged. They get discharged from hospital two o'clock in the afternoon saying whether they're actually going to be seen the next day with community nurses, absolutely fine. But the traveling, and when you travel, it actually increases. So by the time they get home, they're soaking. And then they go to bed and their bed is soaked. They don't sleep because they're in a wet night clothes, wet bed. The family are affected by this. They then might call out of hours. They don't always know what to do. Potentially they get readmitted. So it's a 
bail discharge all the way to the next day and they're in an absolute mess and you've discharged them with a wound that actually is good in a sense but by the time we get to see them totally maceration pouring and we're going where do we start from this and it becomes so difficult to then manage these patients so that transit i don't think is the realization that what happens when someone leaves your front door and gets to their own front door what happens in between it's tricky and i think in the hospitals and i'm not sure if the community staff are aware but in the hospitals we have home before lunch so we are monitored in hospitals about how many patients that we discharge before 11 o'clock in the morning i didn't know that so we have to we have we have big pushes and we have targets that have to be met to get patients out before 11 o'clock in the morning. So they don't so, get seen that day in the community. So that's the thing. Yeah. We you know our aim is to, if we can, is to get them out before 11 o'clock. That's the big aim in the hospitals. So if we are sending somebody home with a wound, we would always expect the dressing to be changed on the day of discharge. But if you're not going to be seen until the next day, you're absolutely right. The hope is they'd be home by 11 o'clock, 11.30 in the morning. Yeah. So they're probably gonna have to wait until at least nine, ten the next well, day. And that's being optimistic because we can't give time visits. And so therefore they might not get seen to four o'clock the next day. So you've got that long period where maybe that's part where we back to thinking about patient empowerment. Maybe we have to actually say to patients, this might happen. So therefore have something you can put over the top to sustain it and that would certainly help the community if the acute were able to put some padding or give the patients some padding saying there is a chance that you might not be seen until quite late tomorrow so therefore if it does start leaking put this on because then there's a chance so again there's there's things that we can work through because it becomes a you know you end up picking a really mucky mucky what word is that a really mucky leaking wound that the patient is quite distraught by and you're then having to start from beginning so it's back down then to assessment the assessment it is and also yeah i think you're absolutely right about patient empowerment we've got to push forward with involving the patients and i think there are massive issues that we see of patient expectation so mm. patients ex- they're expecting a lot more than yes, they did yeah. so they they do use google and they know about different dressings and they know about different treatments that are out there and there's an expectation that they're given a treatment and then they receive it quite quickly so for us when you um say to patients that we discharge sometimes or you're going to have to go to your gp surgery because you're you're quite mobile they don't understand that that isn't the case anymore and that the the they expect the district nurses or the community nurses to go in and visit them at home because that's what's always happened. So I think there's a lot of miscommunication and misunderstanding about what resources are available in the community and what's available in the hospital. So a lot of patients also think that they've been managed by the ward staff or the tissue viability team in the hospital and they think they can come back into hospital and continue to be managed yeah. as an outpatient when they go home. Yeah. It's an and understanding I, and education. It is. I think that's what it's about. We've got to educate, we need to assess dressings don't solve wounds but they're part of the integral part of the assessment and what we're actually going to do with these patients and i think for the future we have to think smarter we do and work together yeah totally. you have to have that joined up working between the community and the acute settings yeah. if you don't have that 
your patient is going to they're going to fall into that hole the revolving door and they're never they're never going to move forward and then that's when they get upset and then they lose faith in different services and that that is no good to anybody so we need to get better at working together yeah agreed <laughs>